If you will turn to Galatians, the sixth chapter, I want to take a verse out of there to start with. Um, you know, a couple of thoughts I had of um, remarks about some of the things that Brother Tim mentioned and the number of people that we have that are ill and just the way the last year has gone. You know, the, one of the promises that we have from the Lord is that we're going to have trouble and we're going to have tribulation. <clears throat> and um, we certainly are experiencing that uh, in more than one way, not just with COVID. Um, and uh, I certainly don't want to belittle COVID. I've had it, you know, uh, six, seven months ago, and uh, it can be, uh, you know, a difficult thing to deal with. But I also think when I read through the Bible at the times that the Lord brought judgment upon a nation, that uh, the amount of suffering we could experience uh, far exceeds the amount of suffering that we are experiencing. And that should be a call to all of God's people uh, to just always be mindful of repentance and a faithful walk with the Lord and uh, to thank him for the blessings that he has given us. Uh, because there may come a day that we would beg for days like today. Uh, and um, I hope that our country, I hope that you pray for our country, that it uh, will repent and turn back so uh, we can continue to walk in the blessings of the Lord like we have so many times. Uh, the other thought I had about it was um, I'm always encouraged when I go through difficult times uh, to think about that it won't always be that way. Uh, you may be dealing with sickness right now, or you may be dealing with heartache right now, but it won't always be that way. Uh, maybe not in this life, but certainly uh, when you lay hold to the hope of the resurrection and an eternal uh, destiny in life with the Lord, uh, we know that those things are coming for those that are God's people, and that's encouraging to us, and it makes the load a little bit lighter to bear for me just to know that it won't always be like this, that there's coming a time that the Lord will ultimately lay down and defeat all the things that have defeated us in tribulation all this time. Uh, so that's encouraging to me, and I hope it encourages you. In Galatians, the sixth chapter, if I could title this sermon, <clears throat> I would title it Marks in the Body. Marks in the Body. And in Galatians, the sixth chapter, where I get that from is something that uh, the Apostle Paul said. In verse 17, he says, <clears throat> From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Now, if you know much about the life of Paul, I don't know if you ever do this, but I, I, I do this sometimes when I read through the Bible and I read about a, a disciple or apostle or just somebody in the Bible. Uh, you know, I, I just I picture them and whatever my imagination may make them out to be, you know, uh, tall, short, you know, skinny, fat, whatever. Uh, my mind can't help but, you know, formulate that image of them in my mind and, and what they look like and, and as they walked and talked and all that kind of stuff. Well, what we know about the Apostle Paul is by Paul's own admission, uh, Paul would, would have been hard to look at, not meaning that he was ugly. But what I mean by that, the life of this faithful soldier of Christ had endured things at the hands of wicked men that he says literally scarred him and marred him and make, made him uh, probably not very appealing to the eye. I picture Paul in my mind because of what he says in 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. He says this, of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Now, if you add that up, that's 195 times that some sort of cord or whip or cat of nine tails was brought across the body, probably his back, of Paul. 
That's 195 times that he was whipped with something that was designed to bring pain and scarring to his body. It also says, thrice was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned. And then he goes on and talks about uh, you know, being shipwrecked and all the things that he endured. But we know that there was a time that Paul was stoned and beaten so badly that he was assumed to be dead. We know that he, by his own admission, received 195 stripes across his body. We know that three times he was beaten with rods. Now, I want you to imagine if you saw the Apostle Paul standing there, imagine him without his shirt on. Can you imagine what he would have looked like? It would have been very difficult probably just to look at his physical appearance. He spent a great deal of time traveling, a great deal of time in prison. Sometimes I wonder if he maybe he was even a little malnourished. But Paul says that he bears in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And these marks that, that we would see on Paul, the big, deep, uh, um, you know, raised, rough scars that he would have had all over his body, those were scars uh, of persecution. But those scars testified to Paul's faithfulness. And I imagine in my mind, you know, as Paul is sitting there and uh, Paul is probably like we all do, you know, checking your body out to see how things are uh, looking, everything working right. I imagine Paul sat there sometimes in the silence, maybe by candlelight, and he looked at the scars on his body. And I imagine he rejoiced over those because they were scars that testified to his faithfulness in his walk towards Jesus Christ. Now, Paul could have spared himself all of that physical harm if he would have just ceased to be faithful to the call that the Lord had given him. But he took those upon himself and he says, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you go back in the Old Testament, you'll realize that sometimes the marks that people had on their body Sometimes the scars that they had on their body were intentionally put there and they were intentionally put there to show some sort of uh, allegiance to something or maybe even uh, some ownership. So uh, what you would find sometimes are soldiers. Soldiers would have some sort of brand or scarring put on them somewhere that identified them as a soldier, that I'm a soldier and I belong to this particular army. You would also see it in the time back then with, with slaves. You would see that sometimes slaves or servants would have certain marks put on them that showed that they belonged to another. Uh, you read over in Exodus, the 21st chapter, you read where if a particular servant uh, belonged to a household and this particular household decided it was time for the servant to go free, if that servant felt a connection and felt a, a longing to continue to be with their master, then what they would do is they would go to the judges of the city and they would take their ear somewhere in their ear. And the Bible says they would take an awl, A-U-L, and pierce their ear with some sort of rod. And that was an identifying mark that I'm here with my master and I'm here willingly. I belong to them because I have a faithfulness to them. So as you read through the Old Testament, you find that sometimes the marks that these people would bear in their body was a symbol that I belong to another. And that's what that's what Paul is referencing here. 
He's saying, I bear in my body the marks of our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning these stripes that you see, these scars that you see. Maybe he would say, you see this one right here coming down the side of my face? That's where a sharp, jagged rock hit me when they were stoning me. And these across my backs is where the cat of nine tails ripped the flesh off my bones. And all of these things that I have on my body, I want you to understand these are not just marks. They're marks showing that I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that is not unfamiliar for some of you if you've read the Bible. If you flip over to Genesis, the 17th chapter, talking about marks in the body. In Genesis, the 17th chapter, there's a somewhat of a strange instruction that is given to God's people. The Lord tells God's people here that he tells Abraham that I'm I'm making a covenant with you, that you're my people. That I'm going to make you a nation. I'm choosing you to be a nation unto myself, a peculiar people. And he says, I want you to do something that is going to be a token of that covenant in your flesh. I want there to be a mark on you that identifies you as belonging to me. And you read about that in Genesis, the 17th chapter. And this is what he says. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee, every man-child among you shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he goes on and it says, He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. You see... Here is a mark in the body of God's people back in the times of the Old Testament. And what did it do? It identified them as belonging to the Lord. It did not make them God's people. It did not make them the sons of God, but it identified them as being the sons of God. Now, I imagine that that was a very odd thing for them to hear. But it sets the beautiful stage for another mark in the body that we're going to read about in the New Testament. And I imagine as time went by, and maybe they scratched their heads and and, and they thought, why this? Why is is this the token in our flesh of a covenant? Why has it got to be this way? Until we get on over into the Old Testament a little, I mean the New Testament a little bit. And I want you to read this. Romans, the second chapter. That's where I'm going to spend probably the majority of the rest of the time that I have. In Romans, the second chapter... So what you have is the Jewish nation, right? You have the Jewish nation walking around. And this particular act of circumcision was particular and specific to the Jewish nation. Or as he said, anybody that was bought into the Jewish nation. This was not for everybody just out on the streets. This was a commandment given to God's people. An identifying mark that they were his. You think back about Paul. Paul says, I bear in my body the mark of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are identifying marks that associate me as belonging to him. Now, in Romans, the second chapter. Notice what you read here in verse 28. Pay real close attention. It says, for he is not a Jew 
which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Now think about that for just a second. Here the Jews are saying, I'm a Jew because I've been circumcised. But Paul writes here, being circumcised is not what makes you a Jew. Being, being a spiritual Jew, that that circumcision is not an outward appearance. That outwardly mark that you have, that is not what makes you one of God's people. He says, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. He says, but he is a Jew, <clears throat> which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now, there's several things that we want to take out of there. If you are a, a Jew. And your whole life, you've heard that you must be circumcised. And then all of a sudden, Paul comes along and says, the circumcision does not make you a Jew. This outward display of circumcision doesn't make you a Jew. He said it is an inward circumcision of the heart. Can you imagine what they would have thought? How in the world do you circumcise your heart? And then he goes on and says, but the praise, where does this, where is this praise directed? This praise for this circumcision of the heart, he says, it's not of men, it's of God. So the circumcision of the heart is not something we look over at this man over here and say, good job, you did it because he is unable to do it. The praise of the circumcision of the heart belongs to the Lord. Because it is only the Lord that can do something to your heart. And that's what Paul's trying to teach here. He's saying it is, it is not an outward display of circumcision that makes you one of God's people. That, that doesn't identify you as one of God's people. It's the inward display of the heart where God has done a work on your heart and you can't take credit for that work. Now, I want you to think about <clears throat> the circumcision of the heart. The circumcision of the heart, we're talking about being born again. We're talking about God the Father putting a mark on our body. Circumcising our heart, making us a new creature. I want you to think about, uh, which we use over and over and over again. And I hope you don't ever get tired of hearing it. But I want you to think about the very man that wrote this. Walking on the road to Damascus, hatred in his heart, heart of stone against God's people, carrying letters to imprison and rip families apart, have, uh, uh, you know, throwing people in jail and, and possibly consenting to their death like he did with Stephen. And all of a sudden, there is a circumcision of the heart as he walks on the road to Damascus. Now, Paul, by his own admission, is a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Right. This is a man that already had the outwardly display of circumcision, but he didn't have the inward display of it until he's walking on that road to Damascus and the Lord comes on him and circumcises his heart. And the only praise that can be given in that moment is praise to God, not to Saul. Saul wasn't doing anything. 
Saul wasn't reading his Bible. Saul wasn't on his knees praying. Saul wasn't asking and, and Saul wasn't repenting. Saul was just walking along the road. And bam, all of a sudden there's a circumcision of the heart. There's a mark placed in his body. You see, Paul says, I bear in my body the mark of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he could take his shirt off and he could show you those nasty, hard to look at scars that testified to his faithfulness. But Paul could show you another mark in his body. He couldn't open up his chest and show you his heart. But how did he show it to you? He showed it to you in the way he acted and the way he behaved. Because the Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit in Galatians, the uh, fifth chapter and what that looks like. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. All of those things testify to there being a mark in your body, a mark that is put there by the Lord Jesus Christ. That is an identifying factor that what that you belong to him. Are you with me? You see, the all in the ear says, I belong to him, right? The marks that were put on Paul's body because of his faithfulness says, I belong to Christ. The circumcision that, were, that was given in Genesis, the 17th chapter, was a token of the everlasting covenant in their flesh, said, I belong to them, to him. And the circumcision of the heart that we see here in Romans, the second chapter, says, I belong to him. You know, Peter talks about people will find it strange sometimes that we don't run to the same excess of rioting that they do. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. You know, there, there are people out there that are living in the world that they'll call you up and say, hey, man, it's Friday night, Saturday night. I want to go drinking. I want to go out and, and do all manner, manner of revelry. I want to go out and just live it up and satisfy the flesh. Why don't you come with me? And you say, no, I'm not going to do that. And they may say, why? Well, because I bear in my body the mark of the Lord Jesus. Right here. Because he's done something for me. There's another type of mark that may go with that. And that's the same type of mark that... Uh, that Paul experienced marks of persecution that testified to his faithfulness. Do you know that the world has a way of scarring our hearts, scarring our feelings and our emotions, ridiculing us and persecuting us? And it does hurt. It hurts sometimes. It hurts to see a friend say, uh, you know, I've been there. I have experienced it where uh, I have had friends in my life that we tried to walk in the walk that we were supposed to and be obedient to our parents, stay in the church, try to live according to the gospel. And I've had those friends decide to go wayward. And, and they tried to get me to go with them. But when I did not go with them, thankfully because I had a good mom and daddy that were strengthening me to continue to walk that straight path. Do you know a lot of times... The person that walked side by side with me now is the one jeering at me and mocking at me and laughing at me. That hurts. That is a scar of persecution, but it testifies to our faithfulness to Christ Amen. in the same way that Paul's did. So I would say this in closing. <clears throat> 
Every child of God that has been born again bears in their body the mark of the Lord Jesus Christ. A circumcision of the heart. And I hope that others will see that mark in you and know that you belong to Him. And when the scars of persecution come on you, I hope that you can rejoice enough that those are scars that are brought upon you because of the faithfulness you have to continue to walk with the Lord. And we all rejoice that we've got the same thing. We can, we can claim the same thing that Paul claimed, that we bear in our body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when it comes to being born again, the praise to that mark is to God, not to us. And I'm thankful for the scars that I've got from persecution. And I'm thankful for the mark that I have in my heart that the Lord put there for me. Because it made us a new creature, one that's able to walk in the light and to get out of the darkness. Because in the darkness, there's nothing there for you but destruction. 